Hi, this is Loretta Swit, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Video talks about television. Patrick Kilpatrick will join us in our second hour. Patrick Kilpatrick, actor, producer, screenwriter, journalist, and a very respected acting teacher. Patrick overcame a tumultuous upbringing, a near-fatal car accident, and two other brushes with death to become one of the most accomplished and most famous screen villains on movies and on television over the past 30 years. It's a remarkable story. We'll tell you all about it when Patrick Kilpatrick joins us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, joining us later on this hour will be award-winning producer and composer Christopher Leonard. Christopher's created the original songs that can be heard on the soundtrack of the movie Ugly Dolls. Ugly Dolls, the very first movie musical to feature a cast of all pop stars. Christopher Leonard will join us later on in this we hope you'll stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we will start off the program by playing more highlights of our coverage of recent events at the Hollywood Museum, including the new exhibit, Remembering Lucy, honoring Lucille Ball, and including props, costumes, and memorabilia from Lucy's film, radio, and TV career, as well as some personal items. Remembering Lucy will be on display in the Redhead's only room on the first floor, of the Hollywood Museum throughout this summer. There was also a special preview of the Remembering Lucy exhibit that featured a lot of film and TV celebrities and entertainment authors, including our friend Jim Colucci. Jim Colucci, author of such books on television as Golden Girls Forever. We're with uh, Jim Colucci. Jim Colucci from CBS Watch Magazine, author of many books, including the Golden, Golden Girls Forever. And uh, working on a upcoming book about the love book. Yes, it's to be called Love Boat Forever, and I have to say it's taking me forever because there are so many amazing people who stop by that show. When you really think about the amazing breadth of guest stars that were around in the 70s and 80s, from the sirens of the silver screen and even the silent age like Lillian Gish, up through people who are now big and famous like Kathy Bates, Tom Hanks, Peter Scolari, Tim Robbins got an early role on the show, Billy Crystal. It's an amazing crossroads. Throw in sports figures. You had Hulk Hogan, Bruce Jenner, Joan Namath. Uh, it's just uh, uh, Reggie Jackson. Just an amazing cross-pollination of pop culture that I am having so much fun diving into. Reggie Jackson did a love boat? Reggie Jackson on the love boat. Can you believe it? Harlem Globetrotters on the love boat. You know, the, the, the amazing thing about the love boat, because it ran a good uh, nine, ten years, and it really did, it, 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 as you just alluded to, it, it captured like two or three generations of film and television history. It did, and that's what I'm I, what I love about it. That it, it really is a great time capsule of that period. And that period, I didn't know it at the time, was magical because of all the people who were around and wanting to work. Some Olivia De Havilland, who's still with us, thank God, at 102, an Oscar winner, Gone with the Wind, did the Love Boat. You know, the people who invented film invented, well, not invented stage, but were the first ladies of stage, like Helen Hayes. All of those people, we have a perfect time capsule now of their performance, their performance style. Yes, the Love Boat stories were not Shakespeare. They were silly. But it was still a chance to, as a viewer, 
meet up with old friends, people you've loved in other things, and see how they're doing in the 70s and 80s. See them decked out in the best gowns by Nolan Miller and in the best hair and makeup, and see them on a, a pleasure cruise and falling in love. It's just such a magical way to experience all these people, and as I said, crossing paths in ways that you'd never see them cross paths. You would never expect to see somebody from the mo a movie of the 30s in the same episode as a, as a Bayo, Scott or Jimmy. I mean... You would never see the Bayos, the Bayos in a 1930s classic screwball comedy, but you would see them with some of the stars of that. It's just amazing to see how it all came together. We're with Jim Colucci from CBS Watch Magazine. Jim Colucci, author of Golden Girls Forever and the upcoming Love Boat Forever. Uh, we're, we're at the Hollywood Museum at, as part of a special Lucy tribute to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Lucy's passing. I don't think Lucy did a love boat, but I think Lucy Arnaz did. Lucy Arnaz did not as far as I know, but Desi Jr. did. Okay. Desi Jr. played a blind man who fell in love with Stephanie Zimbalist, the blind woman. There were blind people going on the love boat all the time. Well, because, you know, the, the, the love boat was equal opportunity. It was equal opportunity, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, so it, Lucy does have a love boat connection, but it's it, this is an amazing event because I love this Hollywood Museum. It's a beautiful space. It's historic. The walls, the bones are historic in themselves because they're the, fo the former Max Factor building. And then you add all of the great memorabilia they have, and they really do attract people who love this industry and actors who love this industry who are at this party right now, some of whom were on the Love Boat. For me to grab interviews, it's pretty good. I can go around the room and say, hey, let's talk Love Boat later. Uh, we, we, we've said this on our program. You can easily spend an hour just in the lobby alone yes. at the Hollywood Museum. But the great thing about what Danelle Dadekin does with the Hollywood Museum is every floor there is something for everyone no matter you know what generation you're from and i'm so impressed by what they do here and when you go to an upper floor of this museum you walk to the back of the first floor and as you said it can take an hour because you're walking through all this amazing memorabilia put on top of the great bones of this is the max factor building there's the the blonde the brunette room or the the brownette room as it's called in there and places where the lucy's red hair was invented in this building and so it's you, you just to make your way to the elevator in the back could take you as you said an hour you get in it and it's a freight size elevator big enough to carry at one point it had the batmobile in it and so you, you ride up to these upper floors that must have had some industrial use for being so oversized, and they're perfect for great exhibitions. About a year and a half ago, there was a Batman exposition here that had props from the 60s show. Uh, Lee Merriweather was here, uh, and Barbara Rush was here, some of the, the alumni. Oh, of course, uh, Burt Ward was here, some of the alumni from the show. And so it really is a great nexus. It's right at Hollywood and Highland, which is right off the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And so it's a great way to celebrate this history in a town that doesn't celebrate its history very often or dedicate a lot of resources to it. So I love coming here. Jim Colucci loves coming here. You should, uh, if anyone listening, if you're, if you're coming to Hollywood, you should definitely make the Hollywood Museum part of your stay in Los Angeles. When is Love Boat Forever coming out? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I have so much fun with the research phase of a book. And especially, I'm fine. I mean, Golden Girls certainly was that way. I got to sit in a living room with B. Arthur, in a living room with Petty White, with Rue McClanahan. And so certainly the research was the best part of that book as well. But what's really great about The Love Boat is when you think of the sheer volume of people you love who stopped by that show. As I said, you know, nearly 300 episodes, a good half dozen to a dozen guest stars per episode. When you do the math, even if a lot of them are, have passed away, there's, half of them are still around. And so there are thousands of people I adore that I could spend the rest of my life tracking down if I wanted to. 
and I love the research part of it. So I am still researching after two and a half years, and I really should just get down to writing the book already. Well, when you're ready to write the book and when you're ready to release it, we'll definitely have you back on TV Confidential. I would love that. I, I'm going to hold you to that. Thank you, Jim Colucci. Thank you, Ed. This is great. Jim Colucci, author of Golden Girls Forever and the forthcoming book, Love Boat Forever, from the opening night festivities for the Remembering Lucy exhibit. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Come also in attendance that night was her friend Barbara Van Orden. Barbara Van Orden, singer, actress, and executive producer of LA's Next Great Stage Star competition, which launches its 19th year in Hollywood on Sunday. May 26th. Uh, Barbara, thanks for joining us. It's LA's Next Great Stage Star, and I'm so happy to see you. And it's a lovely event. And of course, Lucy, one of a kind, just gorgeous talent, the woman. Tell, and speaking of gorgeous talent, um, LA's Next Big, it, it's like American Idol, but for the theater. Uh, well, LA's Next Great Stage Star is a competition show, six weeks for young talent for Broadway and the beautiful musical shows, musicals in Vegas and on Broadway. And we've been very, very successful because most of the winners have gone on for wonderful contracts to star on Broadway. And uh, my partner is Michael Sterling, who created LA's Next Great Stage Star. And we're going to be the El Portel Theater starting in June for six Sundays. And uh, we would love to have everyone come. And it's a wonderful, wonderful competition. It gives young talent a chance to hone their craft. And the judges are agents, casting people, and producers and directors of now. People that can help them, people that can get them jobs. And it's been very, very successful. We've also had some delegation from New York come out. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. And we're so very happy to help young talent like this because there's nowhere else that young talent especially your Broadway stage, could be helped like this. You're helping young, young talent. You're giving them opportunities for live theater. And the, the important word is live. I mean, live, you know this as, as, as a live performer. You have to think on your feet. And well, I, you know, of course, if you're in a musical, you have a part. You're hopefully the star of it, you know. If not, you have a very wonderful part. But you know your lines. You study them. And you know you work with the various other actors and you know when to come in and so forth. But the wonderful thing about LA's Next Great Stage Star is because young talent, when they go into a casting uh, director, they give the 8 by 10 glossy. Well, many times it doesn't even look like the person. Maybe the woman has changed her hair color. Maybe she's thinner. Maybe she's heavier. Who knows what? And the casting people, they just look at them and throw them, you know, uh, well, yes, no, this one looks uh, all right. Uh, because when I had my production company at Universal Studios, it was Cinequest, and uh, we would go through many, many, many pictures. And it was uh, not good because we didn't get to really see the person. Well, LA's Next Great Stage Star, you see them for six weeks, and they're being critiqued by the experts. and. Uh, that way, when they go in for their auditions, they are really prepared because they know what are the casting people are looking for, what 
the agents are looking for to represent them. It's been a very big help to them. And I think it's made many, many careers. Uh, and we're just so delighted and happy to be able to provide that for them. It's, it sounds like a master class. In a sense, yes it is. Yes it is. And uh, they say one week they sing something from Sondheim. Maybe the next week it's something from another Broadway show or, or various things, that each which is something different. But during those six weeks, they have a chance to work with a musical director. And that helps them along also. And we had one fellow one year, he was a magnificent talent. But when he would sing, he made strange faces. And the casting person said to him, are you aware that when you sing and you sing beautifully, you're making faces? He said, I am. And they said, yes, go home, sing in front of the mirror and take a look. Well, he came back that next week, no more faces and sang out. And he said, my God, had I not realized or had a critique of that, I would be still doing it and I would never be getting jobs because I was making a kind of a crazy face, you know, when I was singing. Or, you know, many times they sing something that is not for them or they're not, it's not in the range. Well, they're guided along in these six weeks and it helps them to know what the kind of material to choose. Or when they're going in for the casting director, what is the casting director looking for? Am I singing the right stuff for them? You know, am I presenting myself well? Am I, so they learn all of this, and many of them, in fact, most of them, have gotten agents that didn't have agents, but have gotten agents. Now, these people that are competitors, they're not people who say, I think I can sing in the shower. They come out of the theater schools, you know, or they come out of USC, or they come out of UCLA, or they come the drama department. They, and some of them have worked already, and, and most of them have. So it's really fine-tuning good talent to become great talent. If I remember correctly, when you worked with Sinatra, it was very important to you that if you're ever in a position to pay it forward, because Sinatra yes. was very generous yes. with his time in helping you when you were young, so in a lot of ways, you're kind of carrying on what Frank yes. did for you with LA's Next Great Big Well, I say this, you know, I was very fortunate in my early career performing because I didn't you know, I opened for Frank Sinatra a lot, you know, the girl singer type of thing. And uh, I learned much from him. And I was so grateful because he was a master at what he did. But he said to me, Barbara, as you go along in your career, whenever you get the chance to help young talent, please do. Because he always did, you know. And he was very mercurial. And uh, he was a complicated man. And he certainly hated the press. But uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful human being. And he helped so many people. Uh, in so many different ways. And so I'm saying, Frank, I'm doing it. I'm helping them. So I'm happy to do it. Someone helped me, and I would like to help others. Our friend Barbara Van Orden, it's Thank always you. great to talk to you. Thank you so much. It was lovely speaking with you. Thank you so much. Barbara Van Orden, singer, actress, and co-executive producer of LA's Next Great Stage Star Competition from the opening night festivities for the Remembering Lucy exhibit at the Hollywood Museum. LA's Next Great Stage Star 2019 starts Sunday, May 26th at the historic El Portal Theater in Hollywood and continues every Sunday after that, leading up to the grand finale on Sunday, June 30th. For more information, go to elportaltheater.com forward slash stage show dot html or facebook.com forward slash Los Angeles Next Great Stage Star Competition. Also in attendance at the Remembering Lucy event, at the Hollywood Museum, was our friend Mary Ann Anderson. Mary Ann Anderson, author of Ida Lupino, Beyond the Camera, and other books 
on film and television. Mary told us about another upcoming event this summer at the Hollywood Museum. Plus, she shared a funny story about Ida Lupino and Lily Tomlin. Good to see you, Mary. Great, great to be back. Great to see you. Lily Tomlin was a great fan of Ida Lupino's. I met her for the first time about 10 years ago. She did an impersonation of Ida as Lily from Roadhouse. Uh, Lily is a great fan. I'm a great fan of Lily's. And uh, one of my friends at the stables told me she was there one day imitating me. <laughs> I started the prank on Lily. Lily Tomlin was imitating you? Yes. Well, we're tall enough from the back, you know. So anyway, on April Fool's Day, I had a friend of mine help me put a answering machine message on her phone. I have probably 30 hours of Ida leaving me answering machine messages. They're all like movies or she's selling something. The message that was placed on their phone was Ida selling wipes. <laughs> and I saw on the internet Lily as Ernestine interviewing Joan Crawford. So as a April Fool's Day gift, I had that sent to them. That sounds like something that uh, uh, Lily and Jane would sell as Craig Frick on their TV show. I, I also have another tape of Ida stating that she was going to um, Tahiti and, or Greece and that Betty Davis could do the housekeeping. <laughs> We're here with uh, Mary Anderson here at the Hollywood Museum. We're at the uh, Lucy special tribute, special lobby tribute to exhibit uh, commemorating the 30th anniversary of Lucy's passing. Now, you, I understand, uh, you recently met with our mutual friend, Danelle Dadigan, who is the founder and president of the Hollywood Museum, and I understand there may be a uh, tribute exhibit in the works with, uh, for your friend Olivia de Havilland? Yes, it's my understanding. It's supposed to be the end of May. I have a letter from Olivia de Havilland that's handwritten about 10 pages. Ida sent her many teddy bears between 1985 and 1995 and in 2002 Olivia took the collection and she donated it to a toy store in Paris and Ida kept a matching bear so the museum has the letter a matching bear and um, it's a very special letter Olivia never wrote such a long handwritten letter is what I was told Olivia just turned 101? She'll be 103 July 1st. My goodness, but she looks terrific. From what I understand, she does. I was concerned. I wanted something special for her because, unfortunately, she did not win the Fox FX lawsuit. She won the first part, and then she lost the second. So I wanted something special. She was a great friend to Ida. She was supportive to me after Ida passed away. And Olivia still uh, communicates with you. You, you. I get occasional email. I've been trying to track down the mink coat. Ida left Olivia a mink coat, an Azure mink coat. And I had the lining changed, and I had Livy put in the mink coat. And I'm hoping someday that coat will show up at the museum. <laughs> well, in the meantime, we will look forward to the uh, special Olivia de Havilland exhibit that is coming up later this summer at the Holy Museum. Great. Thank you so much, Ed. Marianne Anderson, author of Ida Lupino, Beyond the Camera, and other books on film and television from the floor of the Hollywood Museum at the opening night festivities of the Remembering Lucy exhibit. Remembering Lucy will be on display in the Redhead's only room on the first floor of the Hollywood Museum throughout this summer. For more information, go to thehollywoodmuseum.com as well as facebook.com forward slash thehollywoodmuseum. You can also follow the Hollywood Museum on Twitter 
and on Instagram at Hollywood Museum. There was also an event last week at the Hollywood Museum honoring Richard Pryor Jr. Richard spent a few minutes chatting with us. We will play that conversation at the end of our second hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then Christopher Leonards will join us next on TV Confidential. Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following? Fatigue, less drive, poor performance? If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the U.S. today dealing with ED. But did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore? And you don't have to deal with the hassle of seeing the doctor or the embarrassment of going to the pharmacy for a certain pill. Now, with one free call, you can find out how Herbal Virility Max can help you feel like a man again. For over a decade, Herbal Virility Max has helped guys just like you put a smile back on their face with improved performance and drive. Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.